Greetings and salutations and welcome to the saga of Steve Rogers. My name is Tom and I'm glad to have you here. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you haven't been here before and somebody hipped you to it, thank that person. They did you a solid. Um, if you haven't, and if, and, woo, if you haven't been here before, where have you been? We're glad to have you here though. Check it out. The website is sagaofsteverogers.com. My email address is steve at sagaofsteverogers.com. Send me an email if you know somebody who you think should be on the show. Um, you think you should be on the show. You have a show idea. You want me to talk about something, something I should have talked to somebody about when you listen to a previous episode. Yada, yada, yada. Um, this is part two with Lisa Peronzo. Um, part one was episode 275. So if you're jumping in here, you're like, hey, where's part one? Go back one episode before this. Um, Lisa's an amazing person. Um, glad to have her on the show. Her story is the greatest inspirational, inspirational tale. Um, she is a fitness instructor. She is a life coach. She is a nutritionist. She has multiple degrees on top of being all that. She's a badass bitch. Uh, God, I hope she doesn't hit me for saying that. That's maybe offensive. Fuck. I don't hope, I hope not. She looks a lot tougher than I am. Anyway, um, this is part two with Lisa. Uh, check it out at the end. Um, when you're done listening, go to her website, a healthful life.org slash saga a h e a l t h f u l l i f e dot org forward slash saga s a g a and uh show her some love i uh, appreciate y'all listening share the wealth tell a friend rate and review the show if you're listening wherever you're listening there's a way to rate the show tell me what you love what you hate yeah keep that hate shit to yourself uh but tell me what you love and i'll talk to you later miss you bye And my daughter has always noticed it and always been like, what happened to mommy? And there's certain things that I'm not allowed to do now. They're contraindicated for the injury. So she like has gotten that growing up. Now she's six and she saw the pictures of my foot and she it, like her eyes got the size of high plates. Like this is what happened to you. And I was like, yeah, that's mommy. And she, you know, I had significantly less tattoos and longer hair. It was like the only difference. And she was like, you could see it in her brain, like the wheels turning, like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I can and never cry said, again. Look, at, <laughs> look what mom went through. She was <laughs> like, that looks like it really, really hurt. And yeah. I looked at her and I said, you have no idea. So describe the injury. Describe what happened. And then. So the thought from my doctor is from what? It was technically executed perfectly. My fast roping was technically perfect. I knew it. And the 5,000, not 5,000, there were probably like 30 witnesses who saw it happen. They were like, fuck, like what that? I hit the ground and immediately collapsed and blacked out. I landed. And the thought is that when I landed, I landed on a rock. And it truly was just perfect physics for my foot to implode. 
And the thought initially, everybody was like super confused and everybody thought I had broken my foot. They were like, oh, should be back. Six weeks, should be back. No big deal. I thought the same. Like, fuck, this is annoying. Six weeks, I'll be back. Nobody understood. And then I went home, you know, it was like sheer adrenaline. They took me to the hospital, this major who I ended up spending a lot of time with, took me to the hospital that was on base. I remember they didn't know if they were going to have to rush me into surgery. So I was not allowed to have painkillers. And I also wasn't allowed to eat. So by the time I got to the hospital, I got hurt right around sunset. By the time I got to the hospital, it was well after dark. And I was starving. I'm sure my stats were not as stable as what they needed to be. And no one really knew the extent of the injury. And I remember I would like lay down, elevate my foot on, I would lay down on the ground in the hospital and put my leg up on a chair. And then after a while that hurt too much. And then I'd have to switch and I kept having to switch. And I remember this guy, this young Marine had gotten into a motorcycle accident and he had like road rash everywhere. And he was helping me move, like sit up, lay down, sit up, lay down. And then the doctors saw me and it was like, we can't do anything for you right now. You need to go home. What? So, yeah. So I went home. By then it was, I don't even know. I had to have been after 10 o'clock at night. I did not sleep. And my body went into shock maybe at like one or two in the morning and my parents had to drive me to the ER and I finally got pain medication at the ER. They gave me fentanyl for the pain and it took, we went back up to Pendleton to see an ortho. He said, I don't know how to fix this, but I'll try. And thank God both my parents were, by that point I was in so much pain when I tell people, like, I don't remember six months of my life, it's hazy, I truly do mean it. The amount of pain was that much. Thank God I have parents who are amazing because they advocated the fuck out of this for me. And my mom, I remember my mom looking at that doctor and, say, and telling him, this Navy doctor, my daughter will not be your guinea pig. And they took me home. And we went to like our family ortho and that doctor was like, this is out of my realm of expertise. By then we had a CAT scan done. We knew the extent of the damage. I knew my foot wasn't broken. I knew it was done. I needed somebody who could rebuild bone, bone structure from scratch. So describe what happened. So they do the CAT scan. They look at it. What do they see? What did they tell you? Cornflakes. It looked like cornflakes. I still have the CAT scan. It looked like cornflakes. The bone was just like pulverized? Well, the foot's yeah. um, a million, uh, not a million, but a shit ton of little tiny bones. It's not like a long bone. Yeah. It's not like the arm or the leg or whatever. Right. Yeah. But it just pulverized the bones that were in there? Yeah, pretty much. Jesus. It was, it was absolutely insane. When I say it was the most painful thing of my whole life, I very much mean that. I very much. It was absolutely horrible. 
so you're still in you're still part oh. of the military but you mm-hmm. can't do anything so how like what was that like so luckily for me it was very it actually ended up being a good thing that I was an ROTC because it presented itself with a lot of gray area that ended up working to my advantage. So like the Navy doctor who didn't know how to fix anything ended up that I could go and seek civilian care. We ended up finding a civilian doctor who knew how to fix it. She's still my favorite doctor on the face of the planet. I imagine. Jesus, she took you from a pulverized foot to be able to function. Right. Because there was a period of time where we did not know if I would walk again. And I was 19 years old. (laughs) I I was a fucking child. Like, yeah, I had my whole life ahead of me. I you know, I wanted to have all these things in my I didn't want to be a burden to anybody else, but I also wanted to have, you know, all of these amazing life experiences. And now I'm being told, like, yeah, that might not happen for you. Were yeah. they telling you that you may never walk? Yeah. Were they talking about because of the amount of damage having to amputate or a prosthetic or were they were they thinking you were going to be in a wheelchair like what was the wheelchair was definitely a huge discussion i think amputation was on the table for a hot second dear god i mean you're a 19 year old kid you're a badass you're jumping off fucking ropes upside down face down barreling towards the dirt while people are cheering you on and and then now you go from that to you may be in a wheelchair, you may lose your foot completely. But think about the context of the time. You know what I mean? Like, because I would tell people this a lot, like we're at the beginning-ish stages of those conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan at that time. Like I had friends who were leaving ROTC to go the enlisted route so that they could deploy with their National Guard unit or their reserve unit or whatever, I had friends who died. Like, my shit was not that bad because it could have been worse. And I very much internalized that as through this whole process. And especially, you know, I've got this doctor... And I, I, when I tell you I cried when I met her, I literally fucking cried. She, first of all, yelled at that major, made him drive probably a solid hour in traffic to go get my CAT scan and drive it to her. Didn't give a fuck. She was like, I need them. I need them now. I heard her yelling at him. And I was like, I kind of love you. (laughs) (laughs) You're an extremely assertive individual. Um. She looked at the CAT scan. She looked, and I remember this. She looked at me and she said, I can fix you. And this is how we're going to do it. Wow. And did you believe her right away? Or were you kind of like, because other people had told you, you know, wheelchair. I I believed her. She was like, I got you on this. I I think my mom and I both started crying. I wouldn't be surprised if my dad cried too. Because it was so discouraging up until that point. She was like, I got you. We'll do this. But I also knew going into an appointment with her, she had been referred to us by our family or so. 
And he was like, she is top 10 doctor in the nation, like in the top 10 in the nation for foot and hand injury. She had a packed fucking schedule, could not afford to take on a new patient and took me on. I literally, out of the goodness of her heart, took me on as a patient and I'm still one of her patients. Post-injury, how long are we talking between the date of injury and when you got to see her? Oh, just guess. Probably three days. Oh, okay. I was I was thinking it was a little was further down bad. the line. Okay, good. No, so the it was a very much like crisis because what will happen is when your bone breaks or when you have a severe trauma to a bone after a certain point in time, which is usually like ten days ish or longer, the bone will start to mend itself. Right. So I knew I was on a timeline. Like this had to get fixed. So she looked at everything. She was like, I got you, but I can't operate now. You're too swollen. She literally was like, you need to go home. You need to lay on a bed. You need to elevate that fucker for like however long. Day nine, I got my first surgery. Day nine post-injury. She was like, that swelling needs to go down. Or it's going to create more scar tissue, and then you will have more issues as a result. In retrospect, thank God I found her and didn't use the Navy doctor because the Navy doctor wanted to operate that day. Not giving a fuck about the swelling, which was something we hadn't thought about. Because I don't know. I was going to say, why would you have thought about it? It's not even your wheelhouse. Yeah, like, why would I have yeah. thought about that? You're jumping off towers. So, You're not thinking about swelling. Yeah, like this is not my this is not my wheelhouse. And she was like, I, it was a brand new technology of building bone marrow out of, it looked like Elmer's glue, essentially. Like they would take cadaver bone and synthetic bone and they took my own bone marrow and like mooshed it all up and built bone. And she rebuilt my whole foot in the middle. Damn. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, when I say like in insanely talented and bright individual. I'm not kidding. Worst Yelp reviews on this doctor of all time. People are like, oh, she's a bitch. I'm like, I fucking love her. I've had other clients who've gone to her. They're like, oh, she's not nice. And I'm like, I love her. You don't need nice. You need awesome. Yeah. I don't need nice. I need awesome, talented, educated, you know, experienced. I yeah. need all those things. I don't give a fuck if you're nice to me. She's always nice to me. I didn't give a fuck about her bedside manner. Yeah. But she always had a great bedside manner for me. So, so sur- surgery, like, this is the first surgery. How many surgeries did you end up having total? At this point, I've had two. Okay. I had almost a year worth of physical therapy. And then it got to be this ongoing conversation with that doctor as well as with my therapist like physical therapist of what kind of quality of life do you want to have? How do you want your life to look, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 down, 15 years down the line, when you retire, when you're elderly, do you want this to be a hindrance or do you want to improve your quality of life so much that you're not having to constantly seek medical treatment because of this? 
And so that was the approach that I took towards like all of my fitness and wellness. And the thing that was hard was that, well, the blessing in it was that the army during all of this took care of me. I kept going to school. I don't fucking know why, but I did, maybe the distraction. I don't know why I did though. And they paid for all the shit. They still pay for this injury. And it got to be like, they said, you can stay in, but we need to see like where your physical capabilities lie. And if you can't meet the physical requirements, we're just going to dissolve your contract. Which was what ended up happening because high impact is completely contraindicated for what happened. So running is not a thing in my life. Jumping for like long periods of time is not something I can do. Like all the shit I like to do before. Right. Can't do. Did you play sports in high school? I did not. I was in band. See, I think I, you were talking about music and the musical industry. You know, the, you played flute and working at the music store. And then you took a total swerve and went badass jumping off towers, face first, shatter your foot. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where. Uh, okay. It seems like two different people's stories you're telling. It's right. It's yeah, really right. two different lanes going the same way, though. That's super awesome. Right. Well, and the thing was, was that even when I was on ROTC, I kept up with music. I mean, it, even now I still do. Do you taking really? My choir at church. Oh yeah, taking lessons. I still take lessons. That's awesome. That will always be something that will be a part of my life. It's like the the thing that's for me and for nobody else. So I won't ever get rid of it. But it's not something that I want to pursue professionally. I thought when I was younger, I'd go the musician route. No, no. Okay. It didn't end up happening that way. You know? So, military dissolves your contract. Mm-hmm. Did they and still pay like for your school? Is, is the school still going to be they, paid for? Yeah, they paid for my bachelor's degree. Damn. We got really... We were really, I was very blessed that I had parents who truly pivoted their whole life to help me get better. My mom took leave from her job so that she could be home with me because I couldn't be left alone. I couldn't walk. I didn't walk for the better part of the year. And I had doctor's appointments and physical therapy appointments and all this shit. The preschool that she worked for was amazing and let her take the time. To get me better. She drove me to college. For like a semester. So that I could stay on track for my degree. (laughs) Your mom's a badass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Both of my parents are. Yeah. I mean they they literally gave up their lives. But wouldn't you do that for your child? Any of your children. Mm -hmm. If something happened to them. You'd be like I'll fucking figure it out. Mm. Some of them. I'm You're just like, fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> One or two, maybe, you know, maybe I'd give up some stuff, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, there's, when you said your parents don't have a favorite, they had to have. I have nine kids total, and I could tell you there's a, there's a pecking order in my head. I don't, 
But at the end of the day, yeah, we're not ever going to tell them. They know. But at the end of the day, there's no doubt that if any one of them needed anything, I'm there. I'm there. Absolutely. Like, a hundred percent putting putting them before me a hundred percent and you know six years ago if somebody told me that i'd think that way about a child (laughs) get the fuck out of here maybe my cat but not another human and somebody (laughs) else's human that didn't come from me get the fuck out of here and and it didn't take long at all yeah wow so yeah so Total pivot, like you you were thinking, I'm going to go in the military. What were you thinking career-wise after the military when you're in this program? Like, were you thinking down the line or? Yeah, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to do like the corporate America thing. And what I, in retrospect now, what I was trying to reconcile internally was I had been given this amazing second chance, truly. And I still feel that way. Like, I cannot tell every day. I just, when I, this might sound cheesy as fuck, I don't care. I thank God every day. I am so, so grateful because I definitely understand how much worse it could have been. Like, to deep down in my bones, I understand how bad it could have been on every level just think if that navy doctor had done the surgery when your foot was swollen like a watermelon and he just went in there and started pulling out pieces and right what if i had landed on my heel and not my midfoot shattering your heel is a whole other fucking ballgame what if i had broken my back what if i had been in a war zone i can what if this because i already have for like three hours it's that multi-layered. But what I when I was, you know, wrapping up my bachelor's degree and figuring out what I wanted to do when I grew up, because I had to completely reformulate that plan, I know now that what I was trying to figure out was a way to pay forward everything that had been given to me. The love, the encouragement, the support, the empowerment, the strength the advocacy, all of those things, I wanted to pay that forward as a way to say thank you for the people who were in my corner. And as a way to show, not not, not necessarily show, but to make my second chance be truly fucking worth it. Because there were so many friends that I had that didn't get the same opportunity. They either came home with, you know, severe PTSD or other injuries, or they didn't come home. So what the fuck am I doing with my life if I'm sitting on this opportunity and I don't do anything with it? How am I showing any of the people, them or the doctors, the physical therapists, my family, any kind of honor or respect if I am not doing something with it? Sounds like you put immense pressure on yourself to to make this like you said to pay it pay it back and and it to feel that way though. But it sounds that way. Like if somebody else was saying those same things to you, you'd be like, "Wow, 
Like it, it sounds like a weight, but it doesn't sound like you feel like it was no. a weight. No, not at all. I understand now that that's where my head was at. So I went the corporate America route. That really didn't work out. I didn't feel like my time was being leveraged in the best way possible. I was doing the fitness thing like as a part-time thing while I was doing that. And I was doing the fitness thing as a means of like, I want to show people how strong they are when they don't think that they're strong. Because I know how strong I am, but I had to prove it to myself. And then literally launched all of this. Like teaching people how to leverage their time to work out so that they can be healthy and have a good quality of life so that they can keep up with their kids. You know, teaching people, training them, actually training them in a fitness modality so that they can take all that confidence and all that positivity and know that they can get through the hard days of their job or the challenges that they face in their everyday life. So that's how I pay it forward. Like my bio could probably say something as like, I help people understand their inner badass and step into their inner badass. I should probably write that. You should. It's, it sounds like you just rewrote all it. All those fucking like, she has this degree and this certification, which is all fantastic. But it was me being like, okay, I know I have this injury. I definitely tested my limits with it in a lot of different ways because I needed to see what I could do and what I couldn't do. And I understand fully now that fitness, health, all these things are not something where you can shove someone into a box because I can't be shoved into a box. Because if you tell me to go run, I'm going to tell you if I'm not being chased by T-Rex, you can fuck off with that <laughs> because I need to be able to walk tomorrow. <laughs> and I know going for a jog is not a thing in my life if I want to walk tomorrow. So how can I help people get to the point where they can embrace fitness and embrace health and embrace nutrition in a way that works the best for them? And isn't a cookie cutter solution of life. Because I can't prescribe to the cookie cutter solution of life. But I also have the education and the experience and the knowledge and all that stuff to know how to work around all of my stuff. Whereas most people don't have that. So that literally, that was how I ended up paying it forward. I know. The empowerment that I felt going through all of that and getting all those little tiny incremental victories and how good it felt, how much that does for your self-esteem and your confidence and your ability to adult in every other aspect of your life. It's very relatable to people. Oh, you go and you have a kick-ass workout. You know you're going to carry that kick after into the rest of your day. That's like the tangible solution. I think this is the longest I've ever gone without talking. I'm just sitting here listening to you. you. I'm like, he's 
quiet. And you're going, <laughs> I, I know, I know exactly what you're thinking. You're going, is, is he going to talk or is, did he hang up or I'm just listening to you and no, I'm like, it's like I'm sitting at a motivational seminar. I'm listening to you going, yeah, that, it sounds, <laughs> it, it sounds like I could get up and do it. It sounds like I should, you know, saying I have nine kids. I don't you know, fucking time for any of that. Right. And a lot of people don't think that they have, you know, it's, but it's working around all of that stuff. All it comes, all this fitness shit comes down to is the shit in between your ears and what your brain is telling you that negative voice. And I tell clients this all the time, that negative voice is so loud. And 99.9% of the time that negative voice needs to be told to shut the fuck up and go sit in the corner. It's we so it easy to it's so easy to listen to it and so hard to right? do the other. Right? It's so hard to dismiss the negative voice. And what I tell clients is think about if I had listened to my negative voice when I was hurt. I wouldn't be walking. This is like a very real comparative thing for me. I wouldn't be able to do what I did now if I let the negative voice take over. But I had to teach myself how to get to that point. So it's not a matter of like, I've been through worse than you. That's not the fucking case at all. It's the, let me give you the tools that I use so that you can tell the negative voice to shut the fuck up too. How did you and learn this? Like, how did you, how did you come upon this? repetition like crazy dude <laughs> it's just fucking trial and error trial and error for like years i'm not even kidding this was not like an overnight thing at all and now i'm at the point where i'm like i'm so curious about how the biomechanics of the human body and you know the kinesiology aspect of things and anatomy and all that kind of stuff that it's taking me to like another level with training people which has been super cool because then I can work with so many other different kinds of people and my goal is just help as many people as I fucking can and, and it must regardless be of the situation. It, it must be made a lot more difficult for you to do all of that with COVID and the world changes and stuff like that that's going on right now. How has that made you pivot? Yeah, I was really lucky because the household life was completely online. So that wasn't a hard pivot. I was training out of a brick and mortar. That unfortunately got shut down. I hope that opens again. You know, well, time will only tell with that. Um, but we... I started teaching online classes. You know, the first couple of weeks that COVID hit, you know, we all kind of shut down like right about the same time and people were in their feelings and I get it. People generally speaking are not used to looking at the same four walls all day, every day. I'm used to that. I was stuck in a bed for almost a year. It doesn't bother me, <laughs> but I've done it before. <laughs> you know, like, it's, like at the beginning of this, I was like, okay. <laughs> This is going to be longer than two weeks, guys. Just heads up. But I texted a group of my clients. Uh, like, I gave them a couple weeks, and then I texted them, and I was like, I miss you. I know you miss me. Let's. I said, 
I wonder if I still have the text. I need to find it. It said something along the lines of like, this might be a clusterfuck, but what would you guys think about working out together on Zoom? And they were like, let's try it. And we have been going solid three days a week since like April. Wow. And and it's been amazing. And my dog decides I mean, this moment to lose her mind in the other room. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear that or not. <laughs> I can't. I can't hear it. Yeah, I can't. I'm sure the microphone's picking it up too. Um, God, it, it, it yeah, just, so we just we took everything online, and they were like, a lot of them have told me they're like, I literally have no excuse now because if I can do it over Zoom, I can do it. And how much stronger they feel, and that is the win for me. And the even bigger win for me is. When I posed that idea, the fact that they all said yes, I'm sure that some of them thought I was crazy. Actually, no, a couple of them thought I was crazy, and that's fine. But the fact that they all said yes and they all showed up showed me how much faith and trust they have in me to guide them in a healthy living journey, fitness journey, whatever the fuck you want to call it. That was a that spoke volumes to me that someone was willing to put their trust in me to that degree. Yeah. Like that meant more to me than anything else. Cause it's not about the money. I do this because I love it. And if I get to the point where I don't anymore, I'll do something else, but I don't see that changing because when I see someone get to the point in their workout where they're so fucking focused, that they're pushing past the little limits that they've put on themselves. And then they're walking out going, God, I can't believe I did that. But in a good way, I've won. That's what I want. You might hate me in the middle of it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but you're going to walk out feeling like a badass. They do hate me in the middle of it. <laughs> but they'll tell me too. They'll be like, I don't know how you're so motivated when you train. You know, I don't know how you come up with this shit and a lot of times I tell them I black out when I teach and that's not wrong <laughs> I don't remember what happened but I'll tell them like I will say certain shit when I train and I'm picturing certain parts of like that journey with my injury when I'm speaking like when I tell someone if you can get through 100% of your bad days a 10 minute workout isn't going to own you I'm picturing myself on bed rest with metal poking out of my foot, not knowing if I would walk again. But you put your trust in somebody else who said, I got mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And that's what you're asking people to do with you is trust you because yeah. you got them. Exactly. Damn. That's, that's what, what a full that's circle. Crazy. Yeah. Right? But then every time I walk, I mean, first of all, I get to wear yoga pants every day. And that alone is <laughs> Okay? I, I, <laughs> I will jokingly tell clients I manifested my best life in yoga pants. I'm not wrong. I did. I, I, I wore the suit. I did. All, I wore the heels, even though I shouldn't have, for a lot of years. Not into it. I was going to say, that's probably not the yeah. best. 
thing with your phone? No, flight? it's not. It's definitely not. <laughs> Learn that one the hard way too. Mm. A lot of hard lessons in that. It's okay. But like that's the best part of it. I can walk out and be like, man, like look at what. And I'll tell them all the time. They'll be down on it. I'll be like, look at what you did today. Like, look at what you fucking did today. You can't get down on yourself when you've done more than most people have done in a month, a year, a week. Like, look at that. That's fantastic. And even if it sucked and you wanted to punch me in the face or it didn't go as planned or it frustrated you, you're still taking care of yourself. that's the bigger part of this whole thing. Yeah. Man, that's, I I swear to you, it's so motivational to hear the passion in your voice (laughs) about this. Like it, it it could have gone completely different and it was, Oh yeah. That, that one doctor made Mm -hmm. this possible. She, she told you, trust me and you did. So it was you trusting her and your, you know, I mean, a million people supported you through this, but yeah, it, if it wasn't for her ability and her passion for her job to say, I know I got a full schedule. I know I got too much shit to do, but you need me. So I need, you know, I've, I've got you. Trust me. I got you. And I bet you a lot of times mm-hmm. during that year, you were like, man, I don't know. Like maybe I made a bad choice. Oh, I don't know if I should have trusted her. You're sitting there with metal sticking out of your foot and you're the pain oh, and the. Oh, yeah. Fuck. It was a lot of crying. I remember when I got out of the first surgery and came home, I didn't know I would have metal sticking out of my foot. Again, keep in mind I was in a shitload of pain. Yeah. So I had to sign a lot of consent forms. I don't remember what I read. <laughs> shitload of pain, okay? So I got out of the first surgery. I had metal out of, coming out of my foot, and I was like, oh, fuck me. I still have the metal, by the way. I don't know what to do with it whatever you actually have the metal that was used Uh uh-huh oh my god all right save that fucker Mm. i might make a wind chime out of it or something i was gonna say a paperweight how to weld please message me (laughs) i have a friend who's a A welder but he's there in arizona i don't know what he could do Mm. can i ship shit i don't know i'll have to figure that out Mm. Uh, i remember going in for my second surgery and the way that it was explained to me was like, we're going to take the metal out and we need to see if your foot holds its shape. <laughs> if it doesn't, the metal is going back in and we're going to have to try this again. Fuck. That basically was how it was explained to me. So I'm laying down on the operating table, talking to the anesthesiologist, doctor comes in and I questioned her. It was the only time it has been the only time I've questioned her. And I said something like, what if this doesn't work? And the look she gave me was like, who the fuck are you? She's talking like, bitch, who are you talking to? She looked at me like, you dumb. And I was like, no, I promise I'm not. <laughs> you think it's not going to work? And I was like, I, I know. I, it's fine. <laughs> That guy said it might. That guy was talking about it, not me. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and you're all of 20 years old. Jesus. Yeah. Fuck, of yeah, course I have 20. doubts. I'm 20. <laughs> I don't 
then, of course, I had doubts. I thought my life would be completely different at this point. Right. <laughs> so you're in, you're in San Diego, but you obviously take people. You're doing virtual, so you can take people anywhere, correct? Yes. Perfect. Yes, and I definitely do. I'm looking at the clock, so I'm trying to be mindful of your time because you have a hard out. So tell people where they can reach you, and I'll definitely put it in the show notes and links and stuff like that, but tell people right now where they can reach out to you, what you can do for them. (laughs) Give them the pitch. Tell them why they need you. Elevator pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The easiest place to reach me is my website, which is ahealthfullife.org. Because dot com was taken. Okay. <laughs> if you can't remember that, which is fair, I'm fairly active on Instagram and my handle is my name, which is at Lisa Peronzo. And one links back to the other. So a healthful life has the application for coaching, links to the YouTube channel, uh, recipes, blog, Amazon store. You know, it's the business front, storefront as it were. It's got all the things, links to my email, all that kind of stuff. And then the Instagram links back to that. So one goes to the other or whatever. The easiest way to get a hold of me through either of those entities is through my DMs on Instagram. Please, 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 though, because I know that you'll go into the request area on Instagram. You know, put, I listen to you on the podcast. Tell me what's going on or whatever so that I know that you're not just like a random creeper. <laughs> I'm just going to say that because those happen. Okay. Spell the last name for everybody. It'll be in the show notes, but those that are just going to listen and not read it online. Yeah. Right. Peranzo is P-E-R-A-N-Z-O. And and Lisa is L-I-S-A. Yes. The other thing that's dropped into the show notes is a freebie that I make URL specific for your podcast, for your listeners. It's a free at-home workout guide. So this is where I'm going to get like my trainer hat on. So these workouts are designed for people to use once they download it from home. No equipment needed. This is the like baseline workout stuff. You can use one workout. You can stack multiple workouts if you have more time. You can make it work however it works for you. Add in weight, what the fuck ever you want to do. There's a lot of creative license when it comes to that. But the workouts are written and ready to go as written. That being said, because we've spent like an hour talking about injuries, basically, I tell people all the time, if you have questions about it, DM me. Say, I downloaded your freebie from the Saga podcast. Tell me what your question is so that I can help you out. Even if it's like, I want to add in weights and I don't know what weight to use. Talk to me about it. I'm working around this injury. I don't know what to do. Ask me about it. You do not need to jump in blind into this when you have a pre-existing support system ready for your use. And I welcome all the questions. I answer all of my DMs personally, especially the training ones. So they're not going to get like some random responding to them. It will be me answering them. It's not some assistant sitting there just typing in shit that they think they should. That's awesome. No, it will be me. So if they have questions, ask. Because I know what happens. If you don't ask, you're not going to fucking do it because you're not going to be sure about it. And that's not what we're trying to accomplish with all this. 
<laughs> so I'm going. Channeling your inner Correct. badass. Guys, Lisa, thank you for doing this. This was so fun. I'm so intrigued. I feel like I'm going to talk to you again and again and again. I would love that. I mean, look, you you come at all of this with your podcast in the same point that I come at this with my business, which is just, you know, doing this as a source of passion and love, you know, and I love that. So anything I can do to help you out, I'm in. You let me know. And same for you. Guys, everybody, please check out her website. Check out the YouTube channel. Check out everything. Look at the links in the show notes. Um, Send me an email if you have any questions that you want to ask her. You have things that I didn't ask because I suck at it. Whatever. Steve at SagaOfSteveRogers.com. Check out the show notes at SagaOfSteveRogers.com. Lisa, thanks for doing this. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Everybody, go away. Susu Studio, live long and prosper. Make better choices. Get better results. Channel your inner badass. Go be a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Yeah.